Welcome to Pastor Talk, presented by Grace View Baptist Church in Burleson, Texas. Well, good morning. It is, well, when this airs, it is Monday morning at 9.30. We are pre-recording this episode because when this is airing, I will be in East Texas at the Southern Baptist Texas Convention Annual Meeting. Jared will be on his way out there driving with Daniel, and uh, Landon will be sitting in class at Southwestern Seminary. Yes, just growing my knowledge. That's right, just growing in your knowledge. So we wanted to make sure we pre-recorded this so we could drop it at the normal time so you guys can watch it and check it out. But today uh, we are going to be sitting down, obviously, with Jared and Landon, our uh, our pastoral assistants at Graceview, and talking just about, after being on staff for a year, what are some things that you've learned? What are some things that surprised you? But also we're going to be launching into um, the centrality of preaching in the local church and why um, this is something that the next generation um, values and why they see it as important to carry on this thought as they advance in ministry. Because a lot of things that uh, that are going on in our culture today seem to say, well, those that's the old times. That's the old school stuff. That's the old school thought. I've got this new thing. And a lot of Christians um, are looking to the future and saying, man, what is this next generation going to hold on to? What is going to be kind of their anchor? And are they going to stand in the same place that the church has stood for 2000 years? Or are they going to drastically change it? I think it's a legitimate question because what we see is generation after generation after generation tweaking and changing. And some, not all, but some of the foundation seems to be a little shaky in some places. And so I wanted to just kind of talk about that with you guys a little bit today. And, and hopefully it'll be an encouragement to the people listening and watching uh, so that they can see that, no, there are people who are in the next generation that will be coming up and, and being pastors and leaders in the church for the next 20, 30, 40 years um, who still understand the importance of what Scripture says and to worship how Scripture prescribes. And so uh, we want to just kind of talk about that today. So, so guys, thanks for joining us. Jared, how's life been? It's been good. It's uh, it's been rainy. It's a little. It's been a little dreary. It is. It is. Recently. We. I dodged like five raindrops coming in. <laughs> yeah. You're that fast. I I am that fast. I mean, they don't call me Flash for nothing. If you're dodging them, they must be coming down pretty slow. That is true. <laughs> I have. I I'm not fast at all. <laughs> Lightning quick has never been uh, in, in, uh, strong, but not fast. So, Landon, how are things Makes going sense. for you? Uh, things are going quite well, I would say. Yeah. Uh, semester's getting close to. Good. Being to the end, so yeah, that's always nice. And I would say I've killed it. Okay, you know my I'll professors tell me I'm just as smart You've as they are. <laughs> um, so I, I think they, that's a compliment. They don't know you're. We're talking about this, right? <laughs> you, can, you can just go ahead and tell them you're. Well, you're I think if it. they heard this, they would be quite disappointed. If I said that. <laughs> they're not going to listen. This to this. The, re- the reason they're not going to hear this is why I can say all this. <laughs> we will be uh, putting this on Southwestern the, or. Texas Baptist College. Yes, yeah, TBC. Uh, yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be tagging them in the post. Southwestern is where it's at, though. There you go. So, uh, so Landon, how's marriage going? Marriage is going extremely well. Yeah. Um, luckily, Alex has not realized the mistake that she made. Um, she continues to just give me grace every day. Good. And, and love me. And um, living at seminary has been wonderful. I get to be close to Jared. To be close to <laughs> that's the best part of his marriage yeah. actually is, is a lot just... of a lot of people at the church and other people that we've grown to be friends with at the at the seminary so it has been it's been really cool good yeah. good all right well I, one year ago one year ago this month well last month end of october beginning of november yeah um you guys came on as pastoral assistants 
Um, it showed up in my memories. Did it? Yep. Did I was. It? I was. I teared up a little bit. I was like, it was a special day. Yep. So. Memories. It didn't yep. show up in my memories, and I did not tear up. Wow. Well, you know. <laughs> Well, uh, I don't even know how to respond to that. Okay, so, uh, so we've got, it's been a year. What is something that uh, that maybe you've learned or something that surprised you about ministry? Maybe you had a perception um, of this is what it's going to be, that it's, it's different. Um, just talk about kind of what's, what's one thing that this last year has maybe God has taught you or surprised you or, or whatever in. Um, Jared, why don't you, uh, why don't you go first? Yeah, so there's been probably about th- three major things I've learned uh, over the, the past year during this pastoral assistant process. The first thing that I would say I've learned about myself is is really, how, you know, at the beginning of this, you know, I could preach a little bit, I think. You know, I, I, I knew how to preach. I had a little bit of experience in that area. But through this process, I think the one thing I've learned the most is is how to preach better. I mean, just through hanging out with you and just talking with you, going to the, the, um, Simeon trust, uh, uh, workshop in, uh, I think it was January or February. Yeah. I mean, just stuff like that. Like, I think I've, I think that's what I've learned the most in, in terms of my own like walk and my own, you know, my own strengths. I think that's the one place I've grown the most is probably my preaching, like how to communicate better in the, uh, from the pulpit and stuff. So I think that's, that's been one thing I've learned the most in from, from just directly inwardly, I guess I could, mm-hmm. I should say. Another thing though, that I've learned, like just being on staff at Grace U is like how, how it, in, in terms of how we work together, you know, so like when coming into Grace U, I, my experiences being on staff, I, I just kind of, I thought like, okay, I'm on staff at this church. I'm like, say I'm the youth pastor and I just do, I, I stay in my lane. I do what I'm supposed to do in my lane. I don't branch out. I don't help others on staff. I just kind of do what I am there to do. At, at Gracie, I feel like we help each other on staff. Like we, we're like one unit. We, we help each other, you know, do what needs to be done. Like we're a team. I think that's what I've learned a lot um, just about grace you and, and how to be on a team, like how to be on a staff like that, that, that truly helps one another um, just be able to minister to the community and at grace you. So I think that's one thing I've learned a lot at grace you. Um, and then I've, I've forgotten the third thing. You, said my, th- you went Baptist three points. Yeah. And the, I've, and the I've, third point was the weakest. Cause you don't even remember it. I can't even remember it. So I'll, if it comes up, I'll interrupt. <laughs> okay. Later. All yeah. right. Yeah. Go ahead. Just interrupt me. <laughs> Hold on. I remembered. Yeah. yeah. All right. Go um, ahead. So I would say, um, and I don't have a specific number just in case I do forget. I don't, Good. I don't want that to be. I should have said three. I should have just been like, uh, so definitely, definitely preaching. Um, I would say that that's kind of a, a focus point of whenever me and Jared took this job was to definitely better our preaching. And if we hadn't, I would say that, Probably would have been somewhat of a fail if we if we didn't get better in some kind of way. I would say extraordinarily better. The workshop was fantastic. Um, I had no idea what that was in any kind of way whenever I went into it, um, and it turned out to be nothing really what I thought, but so much better than what I ever could have imagined. And then uh, just continuing to be able to practice and and um, listen to y'all and and uh, within y'all's critiques or just learning from y'all in general. Um, has been really, really good. And then um, I would also say that the structure of the church, what I've learned about that is that of how 
how much people do, how many people are willing to do stuff and, and certain people to really just go above and beyond. Um, and then realizing on, on a more church structural platform or, or really um, being it someday in a position to where I may be leading or in some kind of leadership, what I've really tried to take on is that within having a church where there's a lot of people that really care and want to do things, it, us as a staff and as, as leaders in the church, as, as elders as well, it's our job to really be able to manage that and put together certain things in which where those people can flourish and can do what they're passionate and what they're capable of doing. And if the staff doesn't, we don't have to do all of the work. We just have to give them the capacity and the, the managed areas and, and the information in order for them to just go and do. And uh, I would say previously, I guess if somebody were to have asked me, I would have probably guessed or just thought that maybe the staff does does more or does a lot more work than like the actual physical work rather than what I see that there's so many great people that do so much. And that's been an amazing encouragement. Um, and then I would also say I have greatly come to value um, the elder room and the elders in general. Uh, just because I've seen how much they, what all they really have to do, um, not only what they actually do just day to day within Graceview, but also really getting and grasping the scope of what their um, biblical principles are and, and somewhat of like the pressure in which they have and the responsibility in which they hold, even if it is, you know, for, I don't know, most of the meetings, it's just basic things, nothing really high pressured. But the fact is that they are the ones that are sitting in that chair where whenever those high-pressured situations come in or those difficult conversations have to come, they're the ones that really have to make certain decisions and trust that, or we have to trust as, as a congregation that they are being guided by the Spirit and um, close to in the Word and in the Lord where they can really make those decisions and the the things in which that they have to say even to one another, if it's possible disagreement or just difficult conversations where I've really been encouraged by the boldness of them and also the uh, the grace or the level-headedness of, of other people where they don't ever really take offense or it's a, it's truly a room that is that teaches me a lot, but also most importantly, just the value of them in That's that good. way. That's yeah. good. So can I add one more to that? Yes, you can. Okay. You Thank can you. fill so, in your third that you all right. forgot. Yes. So, I don't know if this was even the third one well, I was well, thinking of. Well, don't say that. Just yeah, embrace just, it. You had it. I'm just being honest with <laughs> okay, our, with our, right. uh, you with, know, with our audience here. Audience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of going off of uh, what Landon said. So thank you, Landon. You're welcome. Um, like just how to handle conflict mm. is another thing. Like, not that like I've seen a ton of conflict at Grace you, but right. you know, just when I when I hear you know, conversations that, that have been had or just situations that have, that we've gone through over the past year and, and how you and uh, folks like Landon and others just handle that. Um, and Daniel, I meant to say Daniel, that's okay. Daniel. Or Daniel. Okay. Anyway, so Dan, like Daniel or you or whoever, or any of the elders, just hearing how you guys handle that has been helpful for me because now I kind of understand, okay, this is how if, if a church member or someone just come approaches me about a particular thing and this is how you handle, this is how you walk with them through that situation in a Christ-like manner uh, while continuing to have that relationship with them and building that, that friendship with them too. Um, so I, that, that's another thing I've learned and, and it's been very invaluable because it's hard to learn how to handle conflict when you're not 
you're not there right. going through it or seeing others go through it yeah. and discussing that with them. And I know like we've had conversations like, Hey, like how, how did you handle this? Like, you know, you went through this, like what, how'd you handle it? And you, you've told me and um, let me kind of uh, pick your brain on those issues. And it's been really helpful for me and hopefully help for Landon as well when he's experienced that as well. So it's been great. I think that's been kind of an underrated, maybe an underrated um, factor or uh, underrated just positive throughout this past year that we've we've yeah. been able to experience. Yeah. So one of the one of the things that we did when we came into kind of developing this pastoral assistant program um, was really thinking in a incubator type of thought process, which was we could sit down and we could have, you know, biweekly meetings where we read a bunch of books and we wrote a bunch of papers right. and did a bunch of stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, that's that becomes a lot of theoretical. Um, and what we wanted was for you guys to be able to just come in and sometimes it feels boring. Sometimes it feels like, what's the point? This could have been an email, those kind of things. But at the end of the day, you're really starting to be immersed in what this looks like. And the deeper you go and the further along you go, the more that you're growing. And all of a sudden you stop, step back a year later, two years later, three years later, and you look back and you go, man, those curls that I've been doing every single week added an inch to my arms, even though I didn't even realize it was happening, you know, and that's the part is trying to grow you and make you stronger and develop you into somebody who can launch out and either be a church planter or be a, a pastor somewhere or, or whatever God has for you guys to be able to take that next step. And so that's why we kind of do it the way we do it. It's a, it's a slow, it's a crock pot type of formula, not a microwave type of formula. Um, and so one of the things that I, as I said earlier, is I wanted to talk to you specifically about um, Sunday morning centrality of preaching, because both of you said, you know, one of the things that I've learned this last year was I've, I feel like I've gotten better in in preaching. I'm learning more about it and, and being challenged in it. Um, and so I want to talk a little bit about the centrality of preaching and how you view that now versus maybe how you viewed it a year ago. Um, and also why you think preaching should be the central focus on a Sunday morning and specifically why expositional preaching should be the focus on Sunday morning. Um, and so, uh, why don't uh, Landon, or kick to Jared first, Landon, why don't you go, why don't you take this one first? Yeah. Um, so I would, I would say that, um, that, that maybe even add something else that, that I've learned. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of creativity that has to happen within like the, our staff room and stuff. And, um, and a lot of just new ways that we can think about doing something better or just increase or as our, our, our possible numbers grow is as we get different people that have different interests, we have to kind of think of different ways to, to do those things or as needs pop up. Um, but there are certain things that remain constant uh, within our church as Grace You and being in Burleson, Texas and um, the location which we're at. Um, but there's also things that like across the board within all churches. And um, I would say I found comfort in the fact that there's certain things like that, just thinking forward to, to a possible time where I, I'm in some kind of leadership role to where there's these things that you hold on to um, that will ground you. And as long as you're doing these things right and you're following these things in which that I, I feel that God has given us that um, even if you're not the most creative person or you don't do all the other extra things correct the first time, like as long as you have these things, your church is going to be healthy. It's going to grow. It's going to you know, do well. Um, and that's definitely 
starting with one of those platforms is is the preaching and is the centrality of preaching and exponential preaching um because it's i mean that's really the 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 point of why we come to church we're there to be equipped and to be uh to grow in knowledge um of the word but also just to be reminded of the word um so I had a conversation one time with, with Reggie, mm-hmm. um, and those are always fun, as, yes. as I'm sure you know. And um, he told me, I said, um, I was telling him something about, you know, that he should, uh, well, he was talking to me for a long time out in the lobby, and I said, Reggie, aren't you you're supposed to go in there? Like, I don't want to take your time away. Um, and he goes, oh, it's just the same thing said in different ways. Um, and I laughed, and uh, and he said, he said, but it's still good to hear them in those ways. And then... Um, I didn't get to dive into it more with him, but every now and then I'll bring it back up. But more so, I just started pondering on that deeper. And because I, I realized that there was a lot of really intelligent, deep, great, and um, mature Christians in our church who've probably essentially heard a lot of these things over and over again um, or have studied them extremely deeply by this point in their lives. But they're still coming and they're still being encouraged and they're still taking something great away from the word because a lot of the times we just find ourselves where we're needing to be reminded. Um, and sometimes that, that reminding is just as valuable as if you're learning it for the very first time as a brand new Christian. Um, and so even if you've read it all and, and you've heard it all uh, said that the, you know, the exact same way or, or even in different ways, it's still extremely valuable. And that's the whole purpose and why like God gave us the church. You know, he, he gave it to us to where he knew that we were going to be consistently hearing these things over and over again. And due to our sinful nature and due to the fact that life just changes all the time, we need to be hearing these things. And then to follow into the next point of going verse by verse, it allows to where you yourself or the other um, elders or, or pastors that are helping you with uh, doing the preaching or even coming up with the schedules and stuff that you can find yourself to where you're based off of you know, whatever you're going through, or whatever you've studied more or whatever you find more interesting to allow yourself to um, say something that maybe what you want to hear personally, not what the congregation wants to hear or what God really has for his congregation to hear. And uh, and that's the Bible. And so going verse by verse and, and picking books where you can really work through them, um, I would say takes the pressure off of you. And what I've learned that I found so valuable to, that I'm like, this is so great. Like, why do you like, why does everybody not do this? Because it takes off a huge pressure and a huge burden, and it truly just allows God's perfect word to be the deciding factor and the creative one, you could say. Um, and then just to see that be so true in things in which we're, you know, we've got to a verse, and it's speaking directly towards issues in which that we have you. Us as, as humans, us as the ones that God is using to preach the word, don't have to take control and, and nitpick which things we go because we know the congregation better. God knows the congregation perfectly. He, His word is perfect, and and through his sovereign will, um, things are, things are going to go exactly as planned. And the only way that, that we're going to mess that up is by putting our own self in there and, and trying to change that path and say that, no, nah, it's, it's better for us to go this way. So, so yeah, that that's what I would say regarding those situations. I would say if you're trying to take those on yourself, um, I don't understand why. There's too many other things that you have to, you know, be creative about and, and figure out how to do and probably like don't let that one be it. Um, and I've seen extreme value in, in us doing that and, and many other churches that I've seen that have done the same. Yeah, that's good. Jared? Yeah, so one thing that's 
clearly evident at Grace U in regards to the preaching is that everything starts with Sunday mornings and the preaching. I mean, in terms of like what God wants to say to the congregation. And so if, if God is wanting for us to, for example, improve on evangelism, which is what we're looking to doing, you know, it's going to start with the, at the pulpit. Yeah. You know, that's where it begins. If there is sin in the church, for example, I'm not saying there is, but say there is, I'm, I'm sure someone's sitting somewhere. Jared is for sure. Probably so. Right now, in this moment. (laughs) Anyway, I so if 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 God is is wanting us wants you to communicate to the people something to so that they so that we will grow spiritually or or stop sinning in some way or or whatever the case may be, it always begins at the pulpit. And I think that's the importance of preaching is it all begins there. I mean, the reformers called preaching a means of grace, you know, so it's, it's a means by which God moves his people and grows his people uh, by a spirit. So, I mean, that's what the, that's what the preaching of the word of God is. It's a means of grace along with um, obviously the, 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 you know, baptism and the Lord's supper, but preaching is at the center of all of it. I mean, uh, we just celebrated 504 years since the, um, Reformation and and I mean one great thing the reformers did was essentially move the pulpit from kind of to, from the side to the middle, you know the 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 preaching is at the center yeah. of everything and that's because the word of God is at the center of everything not our opinions, not what we think is the truth but what is actually true um, from God and so I think that's the importance of preaching at Grace U. I think we do it well. I think that's one of our greatest strengths is the the importance of preaching and how we emphasize it so much. And I think that's clearly seen through who shows up at Grace View. Everyone that shows up there is hungry for the word of God to be preached well. And then that goes into expository preaching. And I think expository preaching is so important and I'm glad we do it because you know you, you don't want to get on a hobby horse and and just preach what you want to preach. And and if you don't have, if you don't do expository preaching, you you'll lean that way at times. Not all the time, maybe, but you'll you'll eventually go that route and start preaching just what you want to preach. And and so now because we do expository preaching, because you do that primarily, you're you're kind of you have to preach what God has said. Right. And you and as a result, we kind of get a get a steady diet of the word of God. We don't we're not just you know, you're not just preaching from the epistles, not just preaching from the apostles or Old Testament. You're preaching the whole counsel of the Word of God, and so now we hear what God is saying from Genesis to Revelation. And so, I think that's that's the most important thing of expository preaching is that we we get all of it. We get all of what God has said throughout history, redemptive history. And so, you know, I think that's that's just such a powerful thing. And so, if we don't have that, I think the church doesn't. Um, it's still a church, I think. I mean, I'm not saying if you know if a church doesn't do expository preaching, they're not a real Christian church. Right. But but you lose you lose that that authority almost. You lose that capability of of um, allowing your your congregation to grow to that extent. And I think I'm I'm grateful that Graceview has good. built their you know the, the church on our church on that on that message. Yeah. So I, I, I like that you brought up the reformers and the, the movement of the pulpit and that kind of thing. And that's, that's something that I think about often um, is, you know, every Sunday the pulpit gets moved on, on Sunday mornings and we do it not for the same reason that the reformers did, but it, it, it says something when it happens. 
and it, it moves to the center of the room. It gets set, the Bible gets set upon it. And the Bible stands not only in the center of the room, but it also stands between the preacher and the people. Mm-hmm. And the visual picture of the pulpit is something that uh, I think gets lost in translation often. Um, it's looked upon as, oh, well, we can just set our Bible on this table over here and I'll just stand here and talk to you. And visually, representatively, what it does is it, it, it says to the people, God's word is a resource. Yeah. It's just over here for me to check my notes on. Um, and when you have a, a pulpit and the Bible is in between the preacher and the people, ultimately what you're communicating visually and representatively is the truth. And the truth is this, is that I'm coming to you through mm-hmm. the word, not the word through me. And it's something that it, it's, it's small, but I think it's incredibly important because when I stand and when any preacher stands before his congregation, he needs to be able to say, I'm coming to you through the word. Like I, I, I'm, I'm not communicating something that is, that is Aaron in this moment or Landon or Jared. I'm communicating what, what God has to say to you. And I want you to hear what God has to say, not what, what Aaron has to say. Um, and that's why I think the the fundamental practice of, of preaching is so central to the Sunday morning gathering, but it also affects every other area of the church as well, is, is if the word is not central, then you're going to wind up being focused on community, mm-hmm. or you're going to be focused on um, experience, or you're going to be focused on um, relationship, or you're going to be focused on um, exp- you know, experience, you're going to be focused on all these other things. Mm-hmm. And all of those things, I think, have a place within a church, but they definitely are not central to the church. Um, the word, the word has to be central and the preaching, as you said, the pulpit is where that, that happens. In fact, the other things could fade away. I don't think that they should, but I think that they can fade away and the church still be the church mm-hmm. because of the word. Um, but the word cannot fade away because if it, if, if you're just about community and the word fades away, then you've got a social club. If you're about experience and the word fades, fades away, you've got a gym you know? <laughs> and you can just keep, you can continue to see how if you're not careful, you're going to turn into a worldly thing. And that's why preaching is so important because it elevates that truth. And I think specifically expositional preaching. Um, so, I showed you guys my my expositional preaching uh, spreadsheet that I yes. have um, a couple weeks ago, and and this it's is awesome. It, by the way, I think it's I've shown it to a, it I think six people in ten years, but wow. um, and so one third is sitting in this yeah. room. Uh, <laughs> but what it is is it's a spreadsheet that has every sermon that I've preached for Graceview in ten years um, categorized by genre. So you know if it, if I've preached a sermon out of the Pentateuch in this time period it's got a one there, you know, and, and it goes on. And so it formats. So every year when I come to, um, setting the preaching calendar, that's the very first thing I pull out is where have we been for the last 10 years? Mm-hmm. What genres of scripture have we been in? Um, you know, have we been heavy in the gospels? Have we been heavy in wisdom? Have we been heavy in the Pentateuch epistles, whatever? And I look and see, okay, where do people, where, where's the Bible screaming the loudest to be read? based mm-hmm. upon just need or not need, but on, on, uh, on numbers, like we haven't done a lot of this. So there's a great need there for people to hear that area. And so 
I sit down and I kind of work that out. And then I go to those sections and I start just prayerfully going through like, what, what is it that works here? What is it that fits here? And, and trusting that God's as much in the planning as he is in the execution. Um, I think a lot of times, you know, there'll be a tendency for pastors to, you know, quote unquote, be led by the spirit and change everything that they've been doing at the very last second. And I would argue um, that if God has to do that, then you were really, really wrong in your preparation because you weren't being prayerful in the beginning. Yeah. Because if it took God to the very last second to do it, man, you were you were not being faithful the way you were supposed to. But if you are being faithful, God is in the planning. I mean, you can't read um, the design of the tabernacle or the temple and yeah. think that God's not in the planning. Mm-hmm. You just can't. Before it was executed, God had every little detail set down. You can't you can't think that God isn't in the planning when you don't when you read the law. This was at Sinai, and they still had a generation to wander in the desert before they came into the promised land. But God gave them every single detail that they needed. God is in the planning. And if you can be walking with him in your preaching, I believe that you're going to be more faithful in the pulpit when you do, quote unquote, come into the promised land. Um, Because God will bless that because you are faithfully walking with him the whole time. And so that's why I think for you guys... Um, it's so important for you to to know this truth moving ahead is is if God is with you and you hold the things that God holds to, um, you're going to be successful because success is not numbers, it's not money, it's not buildings, right. it's faithfulness. And if you can be faithful in those things, God will be faithful to you, and you can walk away from the pulpit every single week and say, God was good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think um, this conversation just communicates to me that we just need to build a, a bigger pulpit. We just need like one of those really awesome, uh, is it medieval or, or what those those massive pulpits that Martin Luther or oh my Calvin. Uh, the, the one with the spiral staircase? Yeah, we, we need one. <laughs> I just John want Mac- one that comes out of the ground. A John MacArthur. comes yeah. up. Like John yeah. MacArthur. Because I have luckily for just a few times have to bring up that thing onto the uh-huh and that, it's heavy it is heavy. It's it a is lot heavy. of work and yeah. we should just have it come straight out of the ground so have you ever seen john macarthur's pulpit on video oh, yeah. yes that thing is huge it, it is. is it is it is it's a ta- it's it's a table yeah it's monstrous yeah. Um, in fact i was talking to somebody the other day about that they said there is nothing flashy in that entire sanctuary no, it's except for the pulpit pul- coming yeah. up on hydraulics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's, That's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 No, but um, speaking of that, when I was in Oxford at oh, yeah. uh, at Christ Church <clears throat> where John Owen preached, oh. <clears throat> um, I got to walk up the spiral staircase into that pulpit that Owen preached from, and I was just like, "Oh my goodness!" I'm yeah. I would wear a robe oh, yeah. and scream from the heavens if I had a pulpit. A wig. Like this. A wig. You had to wear a wig too. Oh, oh man, I'll I'll do it all yeah. just because it was so it was so fun. It was so fun. So when Amy and I went to Lanier Theological Library, uh-huh. um, there was that. I, I think I sent you uh, a, or on Instagram, yeah. but the the picture of the pulpit and said uh-huh. you could. Oh, yeah. uh, I could see you preaching from there. It, it wasn't that big, but it's pretty cool anyway. Yeah. I mean, it has that style, and I was like. I was like going over there to Amy and Amy saw me. She saw me walking towards, she's like, Oh, he's going to try to like go up there and, 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 you know, uh-huh. pre- preach from, from uh-huh. there. And uh, I started walking. I got really close to it. I was about to enter into it. And she's like, Jared, no, 
you don't you don't need to go up there. You'll get in trouble or whatever. I'm like, come on, this is my dream. Let yeah. let, let you me. should have just done it. I, I should have. But. Amy's a fun sucker. Yeah. That's what I just heard. <laughs> or she's trying to you know, can't keep always me from the rules. Not <laughs> being disallowed from returning to Lanier <laughs> Library. That is true. Yeah. You don't want to get kicked out of there. Yeah. That's good. Well, guys, it's uh, it's about that time to wrap it up. And because we're pre-recording, we're not able to do any questions. But uh, if this did spark some questions for you or or something that you're like, man, I'd, I'd like to discuss more about that or hear an opinion on that, uh, you can find us at church, message us on, uh, on social media. We would love to talk to you more about that. And if you're watching this and you don't have a local church, we would love to invite you to, uh, to come to Graceview in Burleson. Uh, we have services at 9 and 1030 every Sunday. You can download the app and check out the information, hit up our, hit up our Facebook page or our webpage. Uh, but we would love for you to come and check out what Graceview is. It's not for everybody, but it might be for you. And so we'd love to have you come and, and see if it is. Guys, thanks for watching today, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye.